Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. Tony Morris. Tony, thank you very much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Simon. Looking forward to it. Good stuff. We've just been saying offline how bloody hot it is today, so hopefully you'll be bringing the, the heat uh, to this podcast yeah. with lots of uh, nuggets for our listeners. Um, I so will try. I want to jump straight into it um, because you said off air, and I already knew this from, from socials, but you've recently moved home. So yes. having all the experience you have in the sales industry, both in estate agency land and, and elsewhere, not just in this country, but sort of worldwide, Talk, talk to me about the experience you had, the good, the bad, the ugly, so that the listeners can learn what went well and what could have gone better. Yeah, it's interesting. It, it mixed. So when I, my wife and I have the Right Move app, right? We, we, don't, we, we don't really we use Right Move over any other portal. And we were actively looking daily. And I remember it must have been August last year. We were on Right Move Thursday night having dinner. And we're like, oh, my God, this house has come on. We've got to view it. So she was like, phone the agent. It was like 9.30 at night. I was like, I promise you they won't be open. So I called first thing in the morning. Hi, I want to book a viewing. And this guy, local agent. Um, and this guy said, um, I'm really sorry, we're not doing viewings. I was like, mate, it's, what do you mean? It's just come on. He's like, we're under offer. Or we can't do any more viewings. Okay. And I was like, how's that work? It came on yesterday. He's like, I know we've been privately marketing it. It came on the portal, but we're not doing viewings. And I was like, right, okay. And he was like, anything else I can help with? I was thinking, brilliant. Will you not help me with that, mate? So I was like, no, don't worry about it. And that was it. Phone down. He didn't get my name, my number, anything, right? Now, what he also missed is I hadn't sold my house yet. So I needed to sell in order to buy. And it's not a you know, huge bit. It, it sold in the end for just over 1.1 million. So it's not a cheap property. I was looking to spend one and a half million. I needed a mortgage. He missed that. And I've also got one buy to let property where the tenant's moving out soon. He missed that. And the only question he should have asked me from experience is what specifically attracted you to that one? And once he asked me that, he could use a great tool like Home Search, and there you go, finding me my dream home. But because he was useless to try and pitch for training, but they don't want to invest, <laughs> and, that, and that's cool. But um, so that that was sort of the first experience, and then we saw the house we're in now. Again, we saw it on the right move. Luckily, we phoned the next day. We got a viewing. Um, we did get into a bidding war, which happens, but we weren't going to lose it. We won it. Um, and it took it took a long time to exchange because and it's not the agent's fault or even the conveyancer. It's it's in Radler, but it's overlooking a 200 foot drop, which they call a Dell. And there had to be so much. We had to pay for the most advanced, um, you know, survey with structural engineers. There's something called GOS engineers i've never even heard of them but we did all our due diligence and we exchanged and completed and yeah i moved in about eight weeks ago congratulations uh Thanks, mate. on the new home so just going back a step to the first agent so you mentioned about so you had a house to potentially sell that was local to that agent's area you weren't moving very far afield the buy to let was fairly local yeah Borrowwood. okay so yeah they've missed three, three key opportunities by not 
asking the, the right questions. And what was and it? You, you said they should have asked this question. Sorry to inject, Tony. What was it that attracted you to the initial property and the second one? What was it you liked about both of them? Yeah, had they have asked that, it had it was on right budget, one and a half million. It had loads of character, oozing character. That was important to us. It was a bit of a project. Totally cool with that. 200 foot garden. We've got young kids. I need a garden and a dog. I need a garden. Um, walking distance to Radlett shops. I like Radlett, the pretty little village. They were key things, but but we were open, you know. And, and it reminds me, going back before that house, we were we bought in Radlett, the one we were we sold recently. You know, I say recently, last October, November. And my wife was adamant we would only live in Radlett. I'm pretty open. She was adamant. We phoned every agent and everyone said the same thing. For that budget, we've got no houses in Radler. And one guy asked quite an intelligent question, why Radler? And my <laughs> wife said, you like it? It's a pretty village. It's quaint. We know a few people. My daughter goes to school down the road in Radler, you know, half a mile away. And he went, OK, have you seen the blah, blah property in Lechmore Heath? She was like, no. She said it's an, it used to be a post office. He said, it's the most character I've ever seen in a property. You would be blown away. When can I get you in? We viewed it that evening. And annoyingly, we couldn't afford it. But it was a prime example of ask one or two questions. And suddenly, I was only one rattler. We were looking at Lechmore Heath around, down the road. So it's yeah. just, again, agents just don't ask the, well, not obvious, but they don't ask questions. The, uh, on what you just said there, there was uh, when people used to say to me when I go out on market appraisals and they'd say, yeah, but you're all the same. You know, you stick it on right move. You wait for the phone to me, you open a door. I said, a lot of us are the same, but some of us are slightly different. Would you allow me to explain how I think we could be different? Yeah. And, and they'd say, yeah, go on then. And I'd explain. I had the most amazing real case study where I went to appraise a property. Long story short, being on the market with another agent for ages. And I explained what that agent could do better just with the marketing i.e you know better photos uh, an actual floor plan this is going back a few years as well and and a few different things and it was always a classic like you know christmas trees still in the picture stuff like that uh and they said i said to them look go and tell your estate agents go and do those things you'll, you'll probably sell with them and they went why would we do that we want to come with you you're the one who gave us the advice i'm like oh okay brilliant um yeah. so obviously where i'm going with that but property then came on the market and a lady came into the office and said, I'm looking to buy a house, blah, 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 blah. And again, trying to keep this short, uh, she basically said she needed a garage. And it was like like a, a child. Now, I don't have children. You do. You know what it's like when someone goes, but why? 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 Yeah. And I just kept asking, yeah, but why? 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 And she'd got divorced or was pending divorce. She was still a contract. They were going their separate ways. They lived in a nice house, but unfortunately went to um, people separate. The budget is smaller. And she had got a convertible when she was really, really proud of this convertible. She needed a garage for the convertible. I was like, OK, but why do you need a garage for it? Well, I just need cover for it. I said, so if I had something in a gated development that had an, a carport, mm. would you would you go and buy it? Well, if it matched everything else, I said, I've got just a thing for you before it hit the market. Sure. Yeah. She goes, oh, that's perfect. Now, she'd been in the other estate agent's office previously and it hadn't been pushed on because it didn't ask the right questions so when i sold the property to that person i then said to the owner your original estate agent missed an opportunity there can you please go tell your friends family work colleagues that actually while someone walked into my office and fell at my feet 
I had to still walk through that door and 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 you know expose that opportunity mm. and go for it. So yeah, I think it's, it's such a good point. It's because it, these things are basic, right? But however, most agents or salespeople don't do the basics, and it's about doing the break basics brilliantly. Uh, and if I look at, I've probably trained honestly about ten thousand negotiator valuers. And if I look at the top one percent, that the big difference is the questions they ask, the statements they make, and they're really good listeners. Whereas ninety nine percent of them, are, without being rude, dreadful. Which which is great for me. It keeps me in a nice <laughs> business. But yeah. um, but you know, it's 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 a shame. And and I think part of the reason is they don't. They're not invested in they're given a phone and saying good luck they've got no call structure they don't really know what they're asking and they're quite bad at just having conversations and, and they go on autopilot asking the same crap questions every time and wondering why they're not doing enough business in my in my first couple of weeks of full-time estate agency i walked through the front door i probably had a very ill-fitting neck suit uh, i was 18 years old looked about 12 um and i walked through the door and they said to me can i help you i was like oh it's my first day they're like oh we didn't know about that just the director was actually on the honeymoon for two weeks and they literally said well there's a desk there's a phone all the best you're on your own like i was like cool thankfully i've been doing it for two years part-time so i kind of knew the ropes but even then little you know little old 18 year old simon not really having a scooby um and it's just like crack on with it so that's interesting to hear so i want to go a bit further into the recent sale and, and purchase so the one you sold how long did you live there for if i can ask tony uh five uh, well five years but actually four years because in the first year we did work okay. and randomly i was living at my mum's flat and we got approached by an agent saying would you consider renting it for the first year and we said no we're doing loads of work and they said a woman's seen it she's in love with it she doesn't mind living there while you do the work. I said, well, she's mad, but all <laughs> yeah. right then. So we changed our mortgage. We've got a buy-to-let for that year. Um, and she lived there happily for a year. And then, yeah, we moved in four years. We were there after that. So the agent that rented it out, is that a different agent to the one you bought it through? Um, yeah, it was, you know. Yeah, it was. And did you sell your house recently through either of those agents? No. So funny enough... We sold it to Shanna's, my wife's cousin. And that's because my wife's cousin's mum saw it on right move and phoned her son, who's Shanna's cousin, Adam, and said, oh, Tony and Shanna are sitting in the house. You've got to go see it. It's amazing. And he literally was round the next day and he bought it straight away. He had nothing to sell. He was in rented. It was smooth. And were you relying, and so I'm asking a lot of personal questions to tell no, me to, cool. to jog on, <laughs> but no, were, you relying on, were you relying on the sale of that one to buy the one yeah. you bought? Yeah, there's no way I could have afforded the big okay. deposit without that. And how, and how was that approached on your side and by the estate agent you bought through? So I assume when you went to view the property you've now bought and own, you weren't in a position to proceed. You were no. not yet on the market? So they knew that I was, that I was selling um i wasn't i was on the market at that time on right move um but obviously the agent didn't sell it in the end because of of what i said yeah. um but yeah we had minimal interest we had a couple of stupid offers like a hundred grand under asking so um yeah we were early early doors and they they knew that when they were showing us and the one we bought was a probate um and yeah they were fully aware of our situation 
Okay. And you've completed eight weeks ago? Yeah. Have you have you heard from the estate agent since completion day? Not nothing. Not not even a congrats card. Okay. And what was it like on a day of completion? Did they come and drop the keys off at the house or did you go to the office to get uh, them? No, I think Shanna picked them up from the agent and that was it. We didn't even hear from the lady that I was dealing with because we had a WhatsApp with the lady. So there was a constant communication, but no, not. I think she said, well done. I think we got a well done message or we got there. One of those well done or we got there. Okay. And I was like, cheers. Yeah, that was it. Not not spoken to or heard from her since. Did they at any point ask you who's one of a person you know that could help them move, or did they ask you for a review? No. And what and what's funny is I've got two friends right now looking, <laughs> and they're looking to spend more than we did, about around the two million mark. My sister's thinking of moving. One of our friends is currently under offer on a property, and all of those people are not dealing with this agent. And I didn't think to phone this agent up and say, listen, you idiots, I've got three mates, you you all right, you found me a property, uh, three mates, here's their number, because uh, without being rude, there's nothing in it for me, I can't be bothered. Had they have called me and had a better experience, like sent us a bouquet of flowers or a nice bottle of bubbly, I'd have gone out my way, but they didn't do the basics. Yeah, it's it's just incredible how many opportunities have have, have been missed through that light. It sounds so cringy, but journey, the initial inquiry you made and then going through to completion and then after completion as well. Um, totally. there's a, I, I was actually I was actually going to record. Um, uh, I was going to put a post out on social media uh, this week or next week. And I don't know if this is original or not, because I do R&D a lot of stuff. But I was going to basically put out who's the kit man. And I know you love an anagram and I might have even stolen. Yeah. I don't know. But who's yeah. a kit man in your business? If you go, what's a kit man? And it's the keep in touch person. Yeah. So who yeah. in that, you know, who in the business is keeping in touch with established clients? And I've read this again somewhere. They're not previous clients. They're established, you know, because now you should be of that agent you bought through. You're an established client, not previous. You know, the database is very much the future, not the past. And Correct. I think this is this is just highlighted it so powerfully in in the yeah. basics and not even getting done you know well but it's nuts right you know the to, to sell we know re, uh, referrals is the easiest sale right the service has been endorsed you don't have to ever move on your fee so let's say um the vendor sold for arguments so the agent charged one and a half percent right and they did a bloody good job and i introduced them to a couple of my mates who were then selling they would also pay one and a half percent because I got recommended, that's what I pay, so they'll pay the same. And that's the thing. If you do a great job and do the basics, the follow-up, how did you find the service with us? What could we have done better? Nice £20 bouquet and a nice bottle of bubbly for £20. That's it. I'll talk about people. And, you know, send out an anniversary card every year. They just won't do that. You know, I know they won't do that. So if we ever sell, which I don't intend to, but if we do, I'm going to go to whoever I think about. I'm not going to them. I probably won't even go to them. I'd actually make a point of not because they were below average. And and it's not just so. Uh, and I'm delving really deep into this. Because I think there's just so much value in actually a real life example from recent months. Mm. But it's not just. There's there's so much pound coins or you know pound notes whatever you call it but potentially has been missed and will be missed by that estate agent um yeah and, and like the way i describe it, it sounds really stupid but 
like you know that feeling of like let's say we go back to winter and you go to the yeah. back of your wardrobe and you get some jeans or some chinos or your suit trousers or whatever and you go and put them on and you go there's 20 quid in there right you, yeah. for, you forget it's there it's literally what they're doing there's so many like 20 pounds in their trouser pockets but they're not they're not even thinking of because perhaps i don't know they're just distracted elsewhere what why why do you think it's tony you doing what you do why, why do you think the the because... standards are so low I, I think there's a couple of reasons. I think they're very short-sighted. They're mm. only focused on the sale, and they do that badly, but they're only focused on the sale, so they don't think about other opportunities. And I call it your opportunity antenna. <laughs> Good salespeople always have their antenna turned on. So th the truth is that the ones we bought through, we didn't get our mortgage through them. We didn't get our conveyancing through them. We're about to spend about a quarter of a million pounds on a builder. The builder hasn't come through them. Because had they had a relationship with a great builder, they'd have earned a, a commission and they'd be doing us a good job. We're about to get a garden architect, not through them. All these things we're doing, we're about to spend quite a lot of money, more than I want to, if I'm honest, <laughs> on fencing. All around. It's in a, it sits on a two-thirds of an acre plot. So we're going to have lovely fencing around, not through them. All these things we're doing, not through them. We're going to have our driveway done. I mean, I'm going to be brassic at the end of all of this, but but that's beside the point. But all of these things we need, not through them. And if they could provide all of that with to us, and that was bloody good, when my mate's looking to do an extension, driveway, whatever, I'm going to go, you've got to use Bob from X Estates. He's amazing. They're amazing. But they don't. And, and I, I think it's... I think it's a combination of they're short-sighted, without being rude, they're a bit stupid. Um, and I don't think they think, they probably think there's nothing in it for them, which again is short-sighted. Yeah. Because it all goes back to if the service is exceptional and they exceed expectation, I will naturally want to help them. And I'd want to phone my man and go, you've got to use them. Here's Sarah's number. She's ace, yeah. which I'm not done and not doing. So do you think, um, just uh, to delve a bit deeper on, on this point, uh, again, you talk about the, and I'll, I'll get it wrong, but you'll explain it a lot more eloquently than I will. You've got to go fishing for the little whale before you get to the, the big whale. Can you like elaborate on that a bit more for listeners, for those yeah, who, who so haven't heard it from you? Yeah, I talk about the whale as in the biggest deal you ever do. But what's interesting is everyone you know knows someone you don't. <laughs> so if I was, for example, phoning an agent, looking for a tenant for my 220 grand flat in Bourne Woods, they might see me as a little fish. They'll be like, you know what, we, we do lettings, but we're sort of dealing with a half million upwards. It's a little fish. I'm not going to invest time in it. But what they don't know is I'm looking to buy another investment. I have a whatever value property that I'm going to look to sell um, or buy. So I'm not that small a fish. I'm not a whale, but... And the other point is I've got two or three mates looking to buy, I spend over two million and they already live in one and a half million pound houses. I could introduce them. So for me, I've landed in my business about 34 whales. And for me, a whale is someone that invests 100 grand or more on training. But interestingly, out of those 34, 26 of them were tadpoles. They <laughs> just knew the whale. And it's just, it's not about who you're dealing with. It's about who they're connected with. If you do a bloody good job, they will be connected to someone that you want to serve. And, and I think agents don't think like that. 
No, they don't. They're, like you said, the, the instant gratification. But I've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. You know, it, ta- it takes years, I think, to, to learn that. I, I wrote something down. You said, everyone you know knows someone you don't. Um, I've never heard it put, like, so simply before. Like, that's, like, it, so clear. But it's so mad, right? We, we all do this, or some people still do this, but we prejudge. And I remember one of my first clients was in Clapham, an estate agent, 14 years ago. This No, even longer, 16 years ago. And I wasn't there, but the owner told me a story where this gentleman walked into one of their branches. He looked a mess, scruffy beard. He looked a mess. And the lady in reception area looked him up and down and he said, I'm looking to buy a couple of properties for my daughters. Have you got much, you know, on at the moment? And she sort of said, look, go on our website. You, you can see everything there. She literally dismissed him. And about six weeks later, the same guy went into the same branch up to the same lady and said, I've never done this before, but do you know I am? She said, I'm really sorry, I don't. He said, I was here a few weeks ago. I'm Sir Bob Goldoff, and I really don't like how you spoke to me. And he said, I spent £12 million on a property for Peaches and Trixie with an agent down the road, and uh, you missed that opportunity. And what's funny, right? I told that story about four years ago. I was speaking at a property conference in um, France called Beau Village, so the largest real estate in South France. And I kid you not, Simon, in the break after my talk, this lady came up to me. She said, you won't believe this, but my uncle used to run an agency in Clapham and gold off his client. Because uh-huh. I never knew where he went and bought. And he went to this lady's uncle, which is just nuts, right? All about everyone you know knows someone you don't. It was it was crazy. Um, but yeah, and, and agents still do it. They judge stupidly, they judge. Yeah, yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. Um, I can't remember what the numbers are, what the exact saying is it, but what is it like you're only three people removed from like six? six, six? You're is only six degrees of separation. And it's nuts that, but it genuine. If you think of, I remember my late dad said that to me, and I was like, "Well, if that's true, how do I get to meet Angelina Jolly?" And it, it turned out one of his old mates was a limo driver for the rich and famous. One of them being Brad Pitt. So that was my link, and I was like, "Dad, sort it out." He never arranged it, but um, it's it's mad. We are we are all connected in that weird world. Incredible. So my question for you now, and I'm I'm really, really intrigued to know what the answer is to this, because you're in a um an interesting position where you offer all this training to people mm. in the state agents industry, having never been one yourself. And I'm sure yeah, that correct. I'm sure some agents uh respond to that kindly. Some don't go, what's he gonna tell me who's never yeah. done it before, right? Yeah. If you were to set up Tony Morris estate agents tomorrow, mm. What, what are you doing to go out and get listings? You haven't got a database of, of you know, 10,000 people you, mm. you've dealt with previously in terms of like a CRM. What do you do mm. to go out and get listings? Yeah, it's a really good question. I, in terms of the market I would serve, I think I would really niche. So okay. if I was going to do it, I would probably niche to bungalows only. Okay. Um, and I would set up a Facebook community in my area something called I live in Radlett so it'd be something like Radlett recommendation or Radlett recommends and and I would deal with all the leading supplies that I endorse in that local community so the best landscape gardener the best removal guy the best so on and so forth and I would obviously be the only agent in that group 
So when the landscape gardener is chatting to the vendor, knowing they're going to move, I'm the only agent they'll talk about. That would be the first thing I'd do. I'd invest in all the prop tech there is, because that's an absolute no-brainer. I would invest in, obviously, all the portals, and I'd be on all of them. Um, and I would start knocking. Uh-huh. And, and I think being, and I would knock every single bungalow that fitted my portfolio that I'm looking for in my area. And I think it's something that agents should be doing now. If if I find a buyer that wants a certain property that we don't have, I'm going to send letters to those sort of properties using a tool like Home Search, and then I'm going to go following up and knock. And if I was that niche with bungalows, and that's why I would do it, I'd want to be niche. You know, and I bungalows are always in demand. So to be honest, you, I might even do it. <laughs> I like the idea. I think I'll piss so many of my clients off. That's the only reason I wouldn't. But maybe I'll do it in a few years. But yeah, I, I think that's what I would do. I think it would be the first. And then I would I would be doing a daily video talking all about it. And when I win my first instruction, which I reckon will be after about a week, I would be doing so many. I'd milk that till the cows come home um, and do loads of videos around it. I love that. So to so spray that down, we had make sure you niche, because I think we try and be everything yeah. to everyone, don't we? Leverage social yeah. media, get yourselves on the portal. So at the end of the day, it's got the widest audience. Invest yeah. in the right prop tech because technology partnered yeah. with you going out, yeah. for example, door knocking. Because again, technology needs to be followed by technique and then it will absolutely. So I think you've you've reeled off like half a dozen absolutely like critical points there. Yeah. I think uh, perhaps there'll be agents listening to this who go. Do you know what? I, I only do one or two of those. I know. It's frightening, right? Mm. So, right. Last question for you. Um, how long, how many years ago was it that you started your business? 2006, 16 years ago now, April 2006. Okay, so in that 16 year period, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Wow, that's a question. There's been so much best piece of advice. Probably, probably the best piece of advice is don't try and sell to anyone, just try and help people. And I think it's really, although it's a bit cliche, it's really kept me in good stead. But I, I, all I do is try and serve, help and give value. And then the business seems to come. And, you know, when I'm networking, as an example, the first question I ask strangers is who can I introduce you to who would be I call it your champagne referral who would be your dream referral and then I look to make introductions and often they'll come back to me and thank me buy me a nice bottle of whiskey and then they might look to help me as well but I've always seen my role as a problem solver and a helper not as a sales trainer speaker Um, and I think it's held me in really good stead I get a lot of recommendations. I get some lovely testimonies or reviews. And I just see myself as helping people. Simple as that. I think that's probably the best advice someone gave me is don't try and sell to anyone. Just try and help them. I think um, that's a fantastic place to, to kind of lead into the end because I've asked you what's the best piece of advice you've, you've ever been given. And mm. you sort of talked about um serving helping giving value love that Mm. but then i actually think you've possibly just given the best piece of advice in the recordings i've done yet tony um i I genuinely mean that because you said who can i introduce you to 
So how many yeah. times is it all about me, 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 me? But it's like, actually, and I had someone, right, who sent me a message on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. And yeah, I'm sure you get messages. I get messages from people who are just trying to sell some rather than, rather than help. And he just said, Simon, I saw you've launched a podcast. Congratulations. Uh, do you need any intro outro music? Like in my spare That's time, it. I do X and I'll very happily give you a tune. You don't need to worry about royalties. And I was just like, mate that's amazing but what's the catch yeah. and then he rang me up because he found my number on linkedin and he's like yeah simon look i was going to message you back but i saw your number i thought we'd have a chat he said, i'm interested to know a bit more I had a friendly chat with him and he said look you're in the prop tech world here's two people i think i could introduce you to straight away after that call he's intro me and i'm just like this is ridiculous like it's what it's about wherever one thing I always try and do in any walk of life is add value anywhere I go. So as an example, before any meeting I ever go on a new meeting, we I've got my team will do a mystery call before the meeting, yeah. always. So And I record it. Um, I tell the person it's being recorded so I don't get done. And, and then I give feedback in that meeting. And my clients love it. They're like, wow, you've gone out your way. And I say to agents, why are you not doing that? Why, when you hear that the properties, a, um, the parents are moving to a care home, you know that you're, you're dealing with a son or daughter, right, who've got power of attorney. Why are you not giving them care home brochures of the local care homes in the area saying, look, we've had a client of the same situation. I don't know what research you've done, but here's the six best care homes in the area. I hope they help. Why don't they do that when they find out the buyer goes to the gym and they don't give them gym passes? Just the most basic things that they just don't do. And I, and I think the truth is because they don't give a shit. You know, they just mm. look as it's, I call it commission breath. Yeah. They are simply looking to sell as opposed to add value, help and give. Um, and it's the wrong way around. Yeah, love that. I used to like when people... Uh on completion this is before the end of my agency career they come to the office and we'd have a nice little card that they could uh, that everyone in the office would sign put a personal message in and then towards the end i was like screw that we should actually be going in person to the property and giving yeah. the keys which we've done that sooner but when they came to the office i had like a i don't know i don't even know where they came from probably a post office dropped them off but i had maps of the town so if they weren't mm. uh if they weren't local to the town i'd be like tony you've just moved to newport pagnell but here's a map for you I was like, look, it's probably going to be an absolute stress today. Are you going to need a pint tonight? Are you going to need a takeaway? Like, oh, my God, yeah. I'd love a bit of food tonight. Where do you recommend? And I'm like, well, what do you want? Curry, Thai, Turkish, yeah. and chips. And then I'd give a personal recommendation go, right, that's the, the place to go. And tell, him, and tell him Simon Gates said hello. And I, I say to every letting age I deal with, they should have a, a branded pack, a bit like when you go to an Airbnb and you're not from the area often you go to the airbnb and they've got those nice folders where local takeaways local walk and i just think it's it's easy to do and if we have one branded you know for your agency or letting agency or estate agency people remember that and i think how useful was this yeah. they're the things they're going to remember but it's the little things that they don't do and it's the little things that make the biggest impacts yeah absolutely right one more question. I've got a bonus question to check in because you gave such good value on that uh, best piece of advice. Um, if yes. there's one quote that you were to live by, what would that quote be? My favourite quote, I love quotes. My favourite one of all is by a guy called Vince Lombardi, 
who was an American football coach for the Green Bay Packers. And he had loads of quotes, but the favourite one was my team, the Green Bay Packers, have never lost a game. They just ran out of time. And I love that. I ask absolute class in terms of attitude. It, it's the best one I've ever heard. Yeah, absolutely love that. I think Sir Alex Ferguson used to say something uh, similar at Man United, although I disliked him when he was manager. But now looking yeah. back as a Liverpool fan, I can appreciate how, how amazing oh. he is. I think Vince Lombardi, is it Lombardi, Lombardi time as well? That's right. You say 20 was yeah, Clive Woodward's 2003 Rugby World, World Cup winning Correct. Team. Lombardi time, they'd say 10 minutes early or 15. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. I just, yeah, I love that, that process. That's a great quote to end on. So, Tony... I just want to say thank you very much for being uh, such an amazing guest. And I can't wait to get this out here to the listeners to, uh, to learn from it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Simon.